I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. NBA draft tonight, and you can tell by the odds usually who's going to get picked, and there's been steam lately. Anthony Edwards looks like he's going number one. Russell Wilson, big game Thursday against Arizona. Russell Wilson at home, his history against Arizona is shockingly bad. We'll get into it today. Another game that's been getting steamed. Green Bay opened up as the uh, as a significant favorite over the Colts. Indy money, Indy money, Indy money. Colts are now favored by two. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Wednesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Wednesdays, Steve Fezzik in studio, the only two-time Super Contest champion. We had a 4-0-1 Fez in the Super Contest this week. So that's not, is that undefeated? Of course it's undefeated, and I might say R.J. Bell had a 4-0-1, despite my input. Not a good week for me last week. I mean, <laughs> at least you could say, hey, 4-0-1, that, that one, that, that 0-1, that's mine, that, that push. I definitely got the rose bushes, as they say in uh, Tom Cruise well, in the I mean, movie. Yeah, well, that's that's all I got was the push, though. Yeah, you seem confused, though. Is you gave Your top pick was the Browns, right? Yes, so why are you confused by that? <laughs> I mean, I'm just in a, well, I'm just in a daze by Chubb going out of bounds. Oh, uh, get over it. You know, it's so fascinating with bad beats because you could make the case, and I think rightfully so, when you were heading down the sidelines, if you had the Browns, you probably 90-plus percent chance to win. So when you don't, it's a bad beat. But if you look at it from different um stages you could make the case before that last play you weren't a big favor right so uh if anything you were a significant dog to win so it's like one second the underdog plus four looks great next second the favorite minus four looks great and then he steps out and it swings back again no wonder sports betting I don't think I've ever met someone in their 60s without gray hair in this business. <laughs> Sports yeah, you go from Oh, go ahead, Fess. You go from 2% to 99% to 0% all in a period <laughs> of one play. Sport, sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans are no more than their buddies. Always good to be here. And yes, on a day in which we've got the NBA draft coming up later on tonight, we've got a coach fight in the National Football League. Steve Fezzik, in your mind, what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? 
Oh, we have to talk about the NBA draft and who's going to go number one. That has to be the lead, Jonas. Yeah, and the NBA draft coming up later on tonight. Uh, the NBA, this is a unique one, obviously in the middle of football season. Uh, we're going to have a virtual draft. It's not going to be the same as what we've seen in other drafts before. But, Fez, as it stands right now with the Minnesota Timberwolves on the clock, who are the favorites to go number one overall and who's it shaping out to be and look like right now? Yeah, so big move on Anthony Edwards. 24 hours ago, he and LaMelo Ball were basically Pickham, who was going to be number one. And now Anthony Edwards, shooting guard out of Georgia, minus 260. So about a 75% chance that he's going to be selected number one. And I got to tell you, Jonas, whenever I see a really late move in the betting markets, it is rarely wrong because typically what happens is that Someone knows someone who knows who Minnesota is going to take, and it does look like it's going to be Anthony Edwards. Well, I guess the comp to this would be, you remember a couple of years ago, the 2018 NFL draft, there was thought, and and I think we even talked about it on the show, that Josh Allen was going to go number one to the Cleveland Browns. And all of a sudden, the morning of the NFL draft, Baker Mayfield then shot to the top. Because to your point, the later it got into the process, we kept hearing all these rumors about who was going to go number one, Josh Allen. Allen, strong-armed quarterback in Cleveland with poor weather, probably would have helped him out the past couple of weeks. But nonetheless, it was Baker Mayfield. We saw the late movement in that draft, and it ended up turning out to be true. Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Yeah, spot on. And what's interesting, as a professional better, I can tell you, it is so rare that you'd see like the odds on the team go from minus 110 to minus 260. And you asked me, absent any key injuries, who do I like? I'd be like, well, there's no way I'm going to risk 260 to win 100 when I could have risked 110 to win 100 just last night. But that is not the case on things like this, because this isn't being played out on the field. This is predetermined. And because of that, Optimal betting is completely different than when we bet on something that randomly is going to be decided on the field. And now, you've talked about this before, but I, how how long has being able to bet on the NBA draft been available? This isn't something that, that's always been readily available in Vegas, has it? This is a pretty new feature as far as people being able to get down and put money on these individual picks and bets. Exactly right. So I don't know what year it actually be, um became legal here in Nevada. We'll research that for both the NBA and the NFL draft. But I can tell you that the popularity of this has really exploded in terms of the NFL. The problem with the NBA is, let's face it, we're in the middle of a football season. So the number of offerings being out there are so limited compared to what we would see during the NFL season when it was just a huge deal. And frankly, nothing else was going on in April. I don't think I've ever seen so many offerings offerings than what we saw here in Vegas back in April when the NFL draft went on. Well, I mean, here's the thing, Fez. How many NFL draft bets did you make? Oh, gosh, RJ, 20. And how many many NBA draft? I made none. Mm, Yeah. See, Jonas, he Uh, can act all professional, (laughs) right? But he was Jones and man. Oh yeah, he was. All all joking aside, if you would have went, you ended up going what, like fifteen and one or something? Yes, it was um, an epic good draft for me. And I got to be honest, I I was very lucky. I wasn't asking you to double talk through the draft. (laughs) I asked a question. Just give me the answer. What was the record? Yeah, it was 13 and 2. All right, there you go. So, (laughs) 
if you had gone two and thirteen, what would have been the situation at the house? Oh, what are you doing? You're a professional sports no, better, no, and now no. you're I'm betting. Saying, I'm saying, would there have been potential, like, oh, we're going to have to miss a mortgage payment? <laughs> well, considering there was no other income coming in of any <laughs> of substantial amounts, it would have been a tough little time. So, really, Jonas, what he's saying here is he's uh, saying that he literally just went hog wild with 15 bets on the NFL draft. <laughs> Because he needed to make his monthly nut, quite frankly. <laughs> yes. And if he had lost, it would have been like the famous Billy Walter story where the most famous sports batter ever, by some accounts, he won 300 million betting sports over the years. 60 Minutes actually quoted that number. And he was on our show locally in Vegas about five, six years ago. I think it was the last live interview he ever did and that I've seen. And he told us a story that he lost his house at the bar pitching quarters. Wow. He went home, woke up his wife from the bar and said, we've got to move. <laughs> I lost the house pitching quarters. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, Fez isn't that bad, but kind of bad. It, well, I mean, one of the great tragedies was Fez was really on a roll with the XFL. Once that league went under and got closed up because of COVID, uh, he was really scrambling for plan B after that. I mean, wow. And, and plus, I mean, he had the, the great 15-game winning streak. He did. That, 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 that the last four games took six months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And then the funny thing is I forced him to, you know, to bet something. And then he bets an underdog, right? The Blazers against the Lakers. And then the next day, he had like three best bets. It's like <laughs> he, didn't, he had three best bets in the prior like two months. <laughs> I mean, what? What's your it's, it's Fez foolery, right? It's a new. It's a new yes. phrase. I, so Jonas, I mean, to me, when I think about the draft, I'm thinking about this: you can't win an NBA title without a top five player, and. The only way to get top five players, and maybe we won't say the only way, but I, I mean, give me your top five NBA players right now. Oh, God. Um, I would say uh, in no particular order, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi. Um, so no, uh, number and, one pick, number one pick in the teens. Go ahead. Anthony Davis. Number one. And, and God, who am I blanking on? If healthy, Kevin Durant. Yeah. Okay. Fez, who else? Would you add anyone there? James Harden and Curry, Donkic. Those would be the next three. All right. All right. Fair enough. And Donkic was, what, three? And Curry was, what, five or six? Or uh, well, no, he was after, actually, the Syracuse got Flynn got drafted that year, right? So it would have been like seventh or eighth. Yeah. The, po the point being that you got your exceptions, right? And I think Leonard probably makes the mix. Well, certainly does. So, and would you, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you said quiet. I thought we were talking about Kyrie. Um, the Leonard was what, uh, 15, if I recall? Yeah, he yes. was in the teens. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was the George Hill trade the Spurs did. So to me, yeah, you got a chance if you go for a long shot, a guy from San Diego State that can't shoot. If he becomes a top five player, you're fine, right? And if you draft overseas and hit the home run of home runs, otherwise, the number one picks. 
number twos, number three. So as much as we might say we don't know these players and, you know, oh, LaMelo Ball, are we really hearing from the dad again? The reality is this is the way champions are built, and it's literally going to be likely the top five picks. Does anyone disagree with that? Um, I would only say this, that if you go back and look at the first overall selections of the past 10 years, I don't know that, I mean, none of them have really impacted a champion. Um, Anthony Davis, you could say he impacted one, but that was after he got traded. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Irving as well, too. But since then, you've had, you know, Anthony Bennett, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben Simmons, Fultz, DeAndre Ayton, Zion. Like, it feels like because of the... LeBron approach that you've talked about in trying to recruit bigger names and go join forces elsewhere that it's really kind of almost made the draft and the top of the draft not a necessity as much as it used to be to where, yeah, you needed to land one of those guys. It almost feels like you've got to pair up superstars in order to really make an impact just based on the history of the first overall pick recently. Yeah, but I think if you're not a Lakers, you're not an LA team, you're not a New York team, and obviously the Knicks are down, but they're still Madison Square Garden. They're still, you know, I think it's more about the owner with the Knicks that's probably yeah. pre- preventing a lot of it or hindering. But in general, you've got to have a piece. And and let's look at quickly, consider what uh, Daryl Morey has done or did with the Rockets. His thinking was you got to get those blue chippers at least one because if you don't have one, you can't entice someone else to come. They're not going to be the only one that comes. So let's look at the Pelicans, and you could make the case that Zion is chip, or I think certainly is chip number one or, or building block number one foundationally, and the odds of New Orleans getting a second foundational block is massively higher than if they didn't have him, right? Yeah. You, yeah. So I agree. It's 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 more. It's almost like a parlay. You've got to hit more than one game or more than one draft choice or player decision. But without the first one, your chances are almost zero. So in a way, you get that first one, whoever it is. If if Carl Anthony Towns ended up being. Uh, a Kevin Garnett instead of what he is, which is, you know, I think less than that. Maybe Minnesota gets, and again, obviously back then, the sense was if you're not on the coast, if you're not a major city, Miami, uh, it's a, too big of a negative. But it seems like with the internet and social media, I've been here now for five years how LA doesn't matter anymore. New York doesn't matter anymore. I mean, you've heard that, right? Yeah, well, it, because people think, well, you can get that kind of exposure anywhere, which I, I agree to a certain extent, but there is still something about quality New York, of life. L- yeah, New York, L.A. I mean, look, if, if would Jimmy Butler have chosen the Heat? He may have loved the culture, but if we would he have chosen the Heat if they were in you know Indianapolis or I mean you know I, I just I think there is something to where you're located in the NBA that still does matter and have some. Yeah, point. I agree, but let's be candid. I think it's not that uh, to close the NBA here is I don't think it is either New York, LA, Chicago, forget about it. I think it's the opposite, meaning the 10 smallest market teams, San Antonio, go down the list, Sacramento, they are at a disadvantage. But if you're in a Milwaukee disadvantage, if you're in a major market, 
even if it's not Miami, you know, I mean, look at Golden State, yeah. right? Look at Houston, right? Now, LeBron's a, his own force, so he made Cleveland work, right? But So let's forget that. But Houston built a borderline, and, and, and again, we've talked about this multiple times. You could make the case, Houston, that their best team is one of the five, six best teams in the last 20 years. Because what we know is Golden State that year was as good as any team in NBA history, and Houston almost beat them. So are we really sure? And, hey, they don't have the title, but they built a hell of a team, Houston. Golden State obviously did. So I would make the case, and you can tell me if you agree as we wrap here, is, yes, if you're in podunk NBA town, it's a big disadvantage. If you're not – Ah, the playing field's pretty flat between, a, uh, let's say, a Boston and a New York. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And, and, that's, and I'm also curious with this draft, based on the evaluation, look, a lot of these guys, you didn't really get a look uh, at them at the, in the NCAA tournament. You didn't get a look at them in a lot of big games and with the season cut short. I just wonder how that's going to impact some of the evaluations of these guys moving forward. I think it's going to hurt them. But yeah. at least they have a built-in excuse. Yes, that's true. Very All right, true. let's do this. When we come back, let's talk about Russell Wilson. To me, this was the shocking stat of the year. I've got a stat on Russell Wilson that applies tomorrow against Arizona. Most shocking stat of the year. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at the struggling Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it doesn't look good for the next game. At least history says so. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, a little later in the show, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, how bad is Michigan? Oh, Jonas, how bad is Michigan? (laughs) I mean, personally, I love it. But, you know, uh, schadenfreude, as they say, as an Ohio State grad. But sports, (laughs) you can listen to us. And this is the fastest growing show on FSR. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for the support. And we promise to keep working hard to make this the best football season yet. You can listen on, well, let's say go to foxsportsradio.com. Now, there's two things you can do there. One, you can listen to the stream of any of the shows. Or you can find out which local station is playing FSR. So two ways to do it. Right here in Las Vegas on the Strip. 77 degrees, a second straight day. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, at one point in time, the Seattle Seahawks were 5-0 and and one of the best teams in the NFL. Since then, they have lost three of four. They are struggling, and questions have come up about the Seattle Seahawks and the future this season. Yeah, Fez, where do you got Seattle? And remember, this is Thursday's game against Arizona, so it makes sense we're giving an early look-see here, but, boy, I uncovered something. Fez, what do you got uh, for Arizona and for Seattle in your rankings? Seattle is number seven, Arizona number 12. Jeez, you just won't drop Seattle no matter what. What were they when they were undefeated? Uh, They were right around fourth. So literally for every game they lose, they go back one slot. (laughs) That's how it's worked out, yes. But I'm saying it incredulously, so hopefully you'd answer it at some point. Explain to us how that is. 
Well, in the first game against Arizona, Seattle was up 10 very much deep into the fourth quarter, RJ. So that's a game that oh, absolutely so it's got fe- away. It's, fe- it's almost like the game didn't happen, <laughs> right? Because Fez didn't want it to. They easily not only could have, but really should have won that game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, and that's one. The Buffalo game, they got completely outplayed. Let me ask you a question. When they just barely beat Minnesota, when they should have lost, did you downgrade it like a loss? I'm confused. So if the only way you can get downgraded is if you lose the game by 20 points or, you know, decisively, that confuses me. doesn't matter if you win or lose. And But they had both. They had a win in a close game and a loss in a close game. How did you handle that? You know, that's a good point because I only downgraded them, I think, half a point on that Minnesota one-point win. And that's the game Dalvin Cook got injured. And really, Seattle was beyond lucky to win that game. Yeah, so... I, you said it's a good point. So, I mean, who who do you have around Seattle? I want to hear who's the, the two teams after Seattle. All right. So, Indianapolis, number eight, and uh, Buffalo, number nine. Oh, my gosh. Who do you got 10 and 11? New Orleans, 10, because oh James my Winston. God. No, James Winston's quarterback. <laughs> Wait a minute. You just had New Orleans as the best team of the NFC. Drew, Drew Brees is a lot better than James Winston. I thought Three he had a noodle better. arm. <laughs> He's uh, Drew Any Brees. Ranked, <laughs> Drew Brees is is the third rated quarterback in the NFL right now in QBR. I know. I I mean, there's been one Drew Brees fan, and I I would make the case on this show, and you're listening to his voice right now. <clears throat> and I'm just so confused how you think you think right now you would have Seattle favored on a neutral field over the Saints with Winston, absolutely. Yeah, obviously. Wow, what do you think of that, Jonas? No, I wouldn't. I, it's kind of crazy. I, I just, I think maybe the better question is, what's the difference between Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater? Because Bridgewater went five and zero last year with the Saints, and I don't know that Bridgewater is a better quarterback. Than and, and I think the question is Teddy Bridgewater's perception last year, not how he is this year. Yeah. Versus Winston this year. Yeah. Fez? I, I, I just don't know the difference. Yeah, I got Bridgewater, my number 16 quarterback, half a point better than Winston. Check one, check. Can you hear me? Check one, check two. I'm not saying this year. I'm saying last year's assumptions on Bridgewater versus Winston's assumptions this year. Wouldn't that last be year Bridgewater, Last year, Bridgewater was a lot lower. Yeah, I agree. So Winston was a lot better. It is yes. a lot better now than Bridgewater was perceived last year. Correct, Yes. I actually think the downgrade isn't enough in this game uh, or generally for Winston. Because if you look at Winston, everyone was like, yeah, but he threw for this many thousand yards, 5,000 and 30 touchdowns. QBR, he was uh, 15 or 16. Fez, you might have it. Yeah, 16th. All right. And Breeze was what? Second, third, whatever? Third. Yeah. So what is the downgrade between – an average starter and the third starter. So just look at your third starter now, best starter, and your number 16, and what's your point differential? Because to me, everyone's thinking, well, Winston's, you know, maybe got the better arm. And hey, we've had five years to see Winston play. Now, maybe Sean Payton can do something different, but. And, and if anyone can, it might be him or Andy Reid or Belichick. You know, he's in that short, short list. But man, oh man, 
I just don't see how, especially with limited practice and a new system. Remember, Bridgewater was in his second year in with the Saints when he started those five games. This is Winston's first year, and Winston was never known as a guy who learned the playbook fast either. So what's that difference uh, between 3 and 16? It's three-point difference. Okay, so you're giving it a one-and-a-half-point downgrade, right? I'm giving it a three-point downgrade. So you're saying you're giving Winston a three-point downgrade? I am, yes. All right, now did you notice what the market did? Yeah, the market gave it a two-point downgrade. The look-ahead line was Atlanta plus seven. Now it's Atlanta plus five. Mm -hmm. But initially it was Atlanta plus five-and-a-half, right? So it was a point-and-a-half, and now it's moved to two. Yes. So, okay. So you're saying you think it's more of a downgrade, Winston, um, from Breeze than the market does. I agree with you. And it's kind of interesting that 3 to 16 is three points, which is what you did. So kudos on that. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Now let's look at Russell Wilson. Now this has no rhyme or reason, but I can't ignore it. And I tweeted out all the numbers here right before the show. So at RJ in Vegas, you can use as a visual aid right now, unless you're driving. And why would, and this is a rhetorical question, why would Andrew Luck struggle massively, almost incomprehensibly, when playing Arizona in Seattle at home? I totally get the idea that for one season you might struggle against a team because they're going to have usually the same coaches, same players. And then if you have that the next year, hey, it might be a struggle the next year, right? So when the Ravens and play the Steelers and it's Big Ben versus Flacco, you could see a lot of trends going year after year after year. But Arizona's had multiple coaches in the last five years, three of them, right? Three coaches, different quarterbacks. Different defensive players. Now, you could also make the case, well, if it was in Arizona, it would make sense because maybe it's the stadium or maybe Russell Wilson has a certain um, breakfast place that he loves and he overeats on Sunday morning whenever he goes to Arizona and he's logie and not quite as mobile. There's all kind of things that can happen. These are human beings. But being at home against the same uniforms, but not the same coaches, not the same players. Fez, I can't think of any rationale why there should be this amazing trend, which I'm going to get to, but I'm kind of setting it up like this to say, when you hear this trend, it's going to be, wow, and then all of this is going to be like, well, what's going on? Can you think of any reason why a Russell Wilson would do poorly at home versus Arizona? Not at all. I think the opposite. It's always raining and it's always miserable in Seattle during football season. And I get a soft team from the desert coming to my house. Major advantage, I would think, for Seattle there. Last five years, one game of the 16 each season has been Arizona playing at Seattle. This is Russell Wilson's QBR ranking 1-16. to 16. So the best QBR of the regular season would get a 1-1. And the worst would get a 16. The average would get an 8, let's say. Okay. So the eighth best games. All right. One of the five years was the eighth best QBR. So average, no big deal. Forget it. The other four years, 
One of them was his second worst of the year. So the number 15 QBR was Arizona at Seattle. The other three were the worst of the year. Number 16 out of 16, number 16 out of 16, number 16 out of 16, number 15 out of 16, and 8 out of 16. Fez, what the heck is going on? That is the most amazing stat. RJ, I would have laid a million to one that there wouldn't be, well, maybe 100,000 to one, that there wouldn't have been four of the five would be the worst performances against Arizona in that spot. So, I I mean, if we reverse engineered it and said just three one out of 16s in a row, even if it was just random, which you wouldn't think it'd be random because it's in Seattle. You wouldn't think his worst game is going to be at home. And Arizona hasn't been a great team defensively. You wouldn't think it'd be against Arizona. But even if the odds were 1 in 16, you'd go 16 times 16 times 16 just to get those three years. 4,000 to 1. And then you go 1 out of 8 to be one of the worst two. And then the one's a, you know, the one's a, a wash. So, I mean, you're looking at you know, 32,000 to 1, it sounds like, if it was just assuming Arizona had an equal chance. To, to do, uh, make Russell do so poorly. The same as odds as hitting a 15-team parlay. <laughs> and here are the QBRs, and I'm going to go from uh, 2019 back five years. 10.9, 10.9, I double-checked, 28, 61, 11. So 11, 10, and 10. That's three of the worst he's had in his career. Jonas, what do you think? It's uh, I can recall a game late in which, and, and I'm looking at your tweet right now, 2017. I remember that game specifically because Arizona, I think, was out of it. And it was the last week of the season, and they ended up beating Seattle on the road. And it was, it was kind of a bad loss. And I remember that game specifically but I don't. I did not know that he had struggled like this year in and year out. And the point that you made that's that's I think the most telling is the fact that these are multiple different coaching staffs. This isn't Belichick who has somebody's number uh, or or a coach who's been in a division and has somebody's number through and through. These are different coaches. These are different staffs. Um, in in large part, a different team because not every roster is the same each and every year. And still at home to struggle like this when you would figure. Everything would be to your advantage. A lot of these games are late in the year, which you would figure they're locked in, getting ready for a playoff run like they always have been, and still he comes up short and he and he looks this awful. It's surprising. Yeah, the only way I can explain it is that Arizona hasn't been all that good. It was a flat spot uh, and late in the year, uh, maybe. And if that's the case, then this game, which is high stakes, tomorrow wouldn't be the issue. And remember, this travel is over 850 miles, so we're going to have the big home field advantage that we found on Thursday night. So a lot of good stuff coming up tomorrow in this game. But boy, oh boy, check out the exact numbers at RJ in Vegas on Twitter. But to me, to be the worst, the worst, the worst, the second worst, and then average five games at home, a real shocker. I don't think I've ever been shocked by a stat. And I just was looking – because I noticed that Russell Wilson had his worst two QBRs the last two weeks. 
And I'm thinking, okay, well, how's he do against Arizona? And I just wanted to get a feel of how bad some of his bad QBR days were because I heard different people say, oh, Russell Wilson, I've never seen him play so badly as he did against the Rams. Well, his QBR wasn't all that bad, and thus I discovered this. So it was a coincidence. Well, and the one thing that I would also say is Russell Wilson, obviously, and he's one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, and we know this, those are super motivated guys, and they know when somebody's gotten the best of them, and they take notes, and they remember, and they always come back and want to perform well. Well, he has to know that Arizona has owned him at home. He has to know that. Just based on those numbers, if we know him, he's got to know him, and still hasn't been able to do anything about it yeah because in theory that would have stopped years ago okay we'll have more tomorrow on the thursday night big game and then we're going to talk a little bit about the nba trades especially milwaukee be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific i'm jonas knox voice of you the fan he's the voice of vegas rj bell let's take our last break and when we come back we'll talk a little nba with the trades but also the three biggest NFL games of the week, the first Vegas look. That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., the NBA draft coming up later on, less than an hour from now. They'll get things going there. But it was the Milwaukee Bucks who have been busy over the past several days. A couple of moves to acquire Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans and also Bogdan Bodanovich. But, unfortunately, that deal is up in the air because uh, Bogdan did not agree to to it and so they're trying to get that finalized and figured out there i mean i don't know for sure but it feels like bogdan's looking for a little extra grease <laughs> in the, with with some dollar bills right because why wouldn't he want to go to the best team in the east yeah it's a little bit uh, a little odd uh, we thought it was a done deal but now uh they've hit a little bit of a snag but it feels like they're going to be able to figure it out now did i hear the news right and i love the fsr news bottom of the hour top of the hour is that Clay Thompson went down and it could be major. Yeah, that was Sham Sharania who reported that, that he suffered a lower leg injury. They're going to do uh, tests um, within the next couple of days. But that is it a couple of days today. or now? Because could this potentially uh, influence who they would pick? Well, I, that's they. what I saw is they're going to look at it in the next couple of days. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this could be a movie. He goes down like hours before the draft. They got, I mean, all right. So, Faz, real quick, because we got the big three games to go over. What was your takeaway from Milwaukee's moves? I like the moves. Let's face it. Milwaukee was built to win during the regular season. All that depth had, did not help them the last two years in the playoffs. So they jettisoned some nice bench players like Ilya Sova, George Hill. But I like the fact that their starting five got stronger with Holiday and hopefully with Bogdanovich. So you think it's fair to say they traded depth for a better you know, third, fourth, fifth starter type? Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll go over a little more NBA as time permits in the next couple of days. But I think we got to give the first look, Jonas, to the big NFL games. Yeah, it's a Wednesday tradition here on Straight Out of Vegas. The three biggest games and an early preview Vegas style in the NFL. And RJ, we were going to start in Indianapolis, where right now the Colts are a one-point favorite on pregame.com, hosting the Packers. So as we talked about in the headlines, steam on Indy. 
and this was a Green Bay team that was favored, and uh, by two, two and a half points. When you look at the look ahead, it was two and a half, and then the Colts went all the way up to two, now down a little bit. It looks like, but money on the Colts flipped the favorite. Fez, what else you got? I think Green Bay is a little undervalued. They've already played the Vikings twice. They beat New Orleans. Hey, some of those wins and those games are looking more impressive considering those teams are better than we thought. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, the the Minnesota loss isn't as bad. Uh, there was one horrendous game. And otherwise, they've played – I mean, you think about it. They've played uh, – lost to a Minnesota team that's played the best, as we talked about at length yesterday, of any team the last four weeks and, you know, over the last month. And that game was in the last month. And they beat that very same team to start the season. And they got killed by Tampa. And otherwise, they've won every game. And the win against right? Atlanta is more impressive now as well. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so I think the Colts are obviously a team that their strength of schedule has been very poor. And you look at it, the fact they were dominated by the Browns, I mean, if physically, not on the scoreboard necessarily, I, I really feel like this Colts team's overrated. And I know everyone loves, you know, everyone loves the front office. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the value, at least initially, seems to be on Green Bay. Game two, Jonas. The Titans are in Baltimore to take on the Ravens right now on pregame.com. Baltimore is a six-point favorite. So the Ravens, who Fez not that long ago said, I've never seen Kansas City and Baltimore be so far above everyone else. Where's Baltimore now? Number six. Number six. All right. So what do you got on the game? A matchup edge here for Derrick Henry. He ran all over Baltimore in the playoffs last year, and now two key injuries, Calais Campbell and Williams, on the line. That's going to really hurt Baltimore's run defense. Now, do we feel like the fact that Tennessee won last year in the playoffs, is that advantage Tennessee or advantage Baltimore? Because on one hand, Tennessee had a game plan that worked. On the other hand, Baltimore's going to be extra motivated. I think both, RJ. I think they cancel each other out. <laughs> Last game, Jones. All right, Sunday night football, and it's in the backyard of straight out of Vegas. In Vegas, it's the Chiefs at the Raiders. And right now, Kansas City, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. What do you got, Fez? So Kansas City, great spot here. They've only lost one game all year. It was to these very Raiders. Andy Reid is great off of a bye, 21-10 and 10 against the spread. 21-10? and 10. But how are they off a of bye during the regular season? It was comparable. I don't have those numbers. No, it wasn't comparable. comparable. You're insane. What, why would you say it's comparable? You have no idea, right? Here you go. It's 19 and four. Is that comparable? Uh, straight up and 15 and eight against the spread. <laughs> 19 and four is comparable to 10 no, losses? 19 and four straight up, 15 and eight against the spread regular season, 21 and 10 overall. But wh- overall, what is the straight up record? Overall, 25 and six, regular season, 19 and four. All right. I, I'm sorry. I misheard you. I heard 10 losses. Andy Reid is the most famous coach off the bye. Amazing. Obviously, the spread's starting to account for it. So that's the big three. We'll have a lot more Thursday and Friday. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, with a recap of the NBA draft and a look ahead to the kickoff of Week 11 in the National Football League. You can check us out at Fox Sports Radio and always on the iHeartRadio app. And if you missed any of this show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on FSR.